Deshaun Watson. And welcome to another episode of the Turn Up For What podcast. We'll be taking a look at your 4-2 Houston, Texas as they walk out of Arrowhead with a victory as phony Mahomes mania has bitten the dust. We'll take a look at your man under centre in the MVP race, talking world records, looking around the league and a look ahead to the Jacoby Brisket's Naptown Colts. Let's get it. What a victory it was at Arrowhead on Sunday. Um, probably my proudest ever day uh, watching this team. Pre-game, the, really the fear I thought was that Mahomes and that high-octane offence was just going to run as ragged and it looked to be that way in many cases. I think we, we went 17-3 down and I thought it's going to be a long old afternoon. Um, but it was... You know, they, they, they pieced together 136 yards on their first drive despite having 14 penalties in the first half um, and predominantly a lot of them in the first quarter. And the, I think the Zebras would have a day to forget. But uh, the the shock, I think, on many aspects, and there was some great positives and some great negatives on Sunday. But I think the Texans D, uh, you know, Lonnie Johnson knocking Travis Kelsey to the deck, you know, many times was... A big part of it and got some you know contentious calls from that um and then you know a big big turnover got it there they, they could not stop us running the ball and it was uh it was something special on Sunday really I think I thought a bit of that in the New Orleans game but it's first week and you get a lot of fool's gold in the first couple of weeks of the season but I think now watching this team on Sunday and I think you at home should be thinking this as well that on our day, I think we've got a chance to beat anybody. And that was evident on Sunday, uh, despite going behind, despite Fuller's three drops, you know, three clear, easy touchdowns. And, you know, well, they had a great game against Atlanta and we praised them, but you'll want to you'll want to burn that film. And I think, you know, Deshaun was probably pushing, you know, 400 yards, 450 yards plus if he catches even a couple of those approach that this t- team took and the wrinkles they put in on Sunday as well, I thought was just something special. And like this, this team is 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 got you know a long way to go. Um, that's for sure. But what what was so proud on Sunday, despite you know fumbling the ball on the first drive, almost got away with. I think we got away with one with Hopkins because at the time and I watched it on the screen in the stadium. Um, you know, a bit limited as screens versus what you are in NRG, but from what I could see, I thought he'd fumbled it, and I thought we'd you know coughed it up two drives in a row to start the game, and I thought you know we're we're never going to find the way out of this. Um, but you know, Tyreek Hill was going to do his thing. He's you know one of a handful of players that can just change games with speed, and he got two touchdowns early, um, or you know in the first in the first uh, quarter and a half, and um, it just it seemed to it seemed to. Uh, Seemed to be the way that it was going to be. I don't know how Justin Reed didn't intercept that first one. It's a free play. There's a neutral zone infraction from the the defense, and uh, it's a it's a hail mary loop. Go for it, kind of play. And Mahomes drops it in, and somehow it looked like it was right in front of us in the stadium, and it looked like yeah, Justin Reed had a sure pick, but he missed it. And Tyreek Hill, despite being shorter than the three DBs around him, uh, pulled it in, dived over the line. You know, we turned it over at times and put ourselves in holes. But despite that, and I said, if Fuller could have had those drops back, then, you know, this team wins this game comfortably after it's all said and done. 
Um, the two big negatives of the day, Titus Howard obviously looks like he sprained an MCL, which at the when he when he went off um, and his reaction when he was going up the tunnel it looked like a lot worse. But that seems to have certainly um, is certainly be a good thing um, for Titus because if he can if he can uh, if he can come back strong, then uh, you know he's been a great addition to this team and he's got you know he slotted into that right tackle position incredibly well and he's uh, he's he's, a, he's been a great asset. I think what was really positive. And uh, and he and he's we, we talked about him early in the season uh, when they when they started in week two, um, but uh, but Johnson coming in, uh, Roderick Johnson coming in at right tackle, he got one penalty uh, in the second half, but he he came in and he did a really good job for this team, and I was you know I, I thought that was it was just you know it was one of those days where everything seemed to go right for you, uh, the deep the the defense just seemed to be able to shut down the passing attack held. You know, last year's MVP to forty-eight yards in the second half, and you know, less than two, you know, less than three hundred for the um, for the day. Um, if you did, you know, you'd offered it, offered any of us up that before the game, you would have bitten their hand off, and it was it was something you know quite special. I thought, I mean, to go into Chiefs Kingdom and and get that result, you've got to you've got to really say it's within the top three, if not top two. Uh, victories of the franchise to you know a Super Bowl favorite as they were at the start of the season, and we showed why they're not a Super Bowl favorite because they just couldn't stop the run, and yeah, we just kept pounding it down their neck. And El Guapo, uh, you know, twenty six carries, hundred you know over one hundred and ten yards for the day, he had a great day, and he ran you know despite the fumble early, he ran angry, and he was a point to prove for that team, you know, tra- albeit they traded him, but were due to release him, and hence why there was a a swap Martinez Rankin. Uh, Biggest play of the day, Martinez Rankin is beaten to the ball by B Mac and uh, Mr. Chuck Amena, who um, just continues to uh, to come in and, and, and show good flashes in the in the in the pass rush, knocking the ball out of Mahomes' hands. Uh, B Mac recovers it. We get the ball with you know sort of twenty less than twenty seconds to go, and Watson runs it in, and we go in the at the half ahead, and you know to consider we were seventeen three down early, uh, really early then. It was a, it was a great, it was a great, uh, it was a great turnaround, and that really put the game in our favour, I think, because it just it looked like business as usual at that time, and um, I mean, we, we did get a break prior to that as well, where there was a clear PI, I think, and um, and it was uh, which should have really chalked off Gibson's INT, but again, two weeks in a row, Deshaun Gibson has got um, an INT for this team, and it was really, really great to see. I, uh, I think again, it's just it turned it turned the game in our favour. Um, and those were some key moments that made it up. The offense was just superb all day. Quick releases, the run pass option was all evident. Great wrinkle, the tight end rolling out. We did sort of kind of get that wrong a couple of times in the second half with a couple of ineligible receiver penalties down the field and a couple of penalties which just offensive line needs to clear up. You've got to give them a shout again. Only two quarterback hits and you know forty-five plus dropbacks for Watson. Um, this is really becoming a strength of the team. Brian Balding are putting out some tape on there, praising two of our players. Firstly, was you know the main man at left tackle. He needs to clean up some penalties, but uh, he has been an absolute hell of an addition to this football team and transformed the pocket and its integrity for Watson to step into throws. And he had some great time. I thought Tunsil absolutely handled Frank Clark, a huge big contract given in a big trade for the, for a pass rusher from Seattle, and uh, and. 
eat and and I, I really just felt Tunso just put the put the, cl- the clamps on him all day it's just that a lot of the line I think Nick Martin's just transformed himself into you know he's above average I'm not going to say he's a top 10 you know top 5 top 10 centre but versus his level of play previously this guy's really contributing you know well and you can see some of the checks he's making at the line and pointing stuff out and the communication is growing and, and uh, you know and, and you just have to look at Max Sharpen as well had a bit of a rough week against uh, against Atlanta in the previous but he bounced back in a big way this week and was really solid in the passing game him and Tutty seems to just be learning off Tunso and just sitting there and there nicely next to him and really giving us a physical presence at the point of attack and he's a big reason why we're, we're positive in the run game in this run game's given us a balance that allows the passing game to flourish and if we just had a couple less drops Hopkins was, was guilty of one right on the line and then we got an interception straight after as uh, Watson kind of sort of frustratedly trying to force one into him after but but on top of that you know they just we keep running the ball well and that was the big catalyst for this game who kept running the ball Duke Johnson does his thing probably doesn't see the ball enough gets the first touchdown check and release sort of swing route out, out to the right dive for the pylon gets us back into it Watson does his thing when we get the turnover runs it in and, and runs in the last one for us as well and it was a great a great day I think what really was the two big things that stood out for me was Okay, I think look, I think well not I'm not gonna sit here and, and slate Kaimi Fairburn because he, he had a bad hold from Brian Anger and there's been a distinct correlation with uh with uh, Daniels getting released and anger coming in and the holes not being there and they missed the extra points. So that's like an operational thing that I think it needs to get cleared up and potentially some of this uh, you know, you know, the front office should have kind of really been aware of that that possibility that um, you know, okay, the punting may have improved, but if the extra points don't then it's it's not going to help this team, but look, he, he missed a couple, of, you know, extra. He missed the extra points and then forced us to go for two at the end. But the fact that we had to go for two, the fact that we didn't kick the field goal at the end, and we wanted it and we wanted to kneel the ball out like a really high-powered, strong, confident offense, it was just great to see. We took it to them. How the Chiefs didn't know that play from Hopkins was coming because they'd already almost an identical play and a fourth down earlier in the game, which led to. Uh, you know the second interception of the day for Watson, but you know I'm not going to criticise Watson too much. He had you know three dimes into Fuller that should have been caught. When you're throwing 71 percent completion rates, you know you can't really fault the guy. And I think the the way in which he talked about at the end of the game of playing the the playing the game at his pace and and the way in which he wants to run the offense, I think you can see that now. And he just looks like in the last two weeks and long mate continues a sense of mastery and, and a sense of awareness and a, a um and a and a sense of uh, a sense of kind of maturity in his play which you know was his big criticism and he seems to just be setting the protections right and the ball was out quick and that's just such a big thing for this team because if you get the ball out quick you know if you look at Peyton Manning Tom Brady they've never always had you know all pro lines like so you know Watson's got his left tackle and potentially you know another couple of spots with the two rookies in time but they get the ball out quick and he did that on Sunday some great you know quick passing Aitkins led the team um, in in receptions and it just the, the ball was just spread about so well so I think it was a big positive that we're seeing different players and different matchups each week but the last two weeks have you know we've taken it up a notch and that's been really key for this team I think and long may it continue the despite you know Jonathan Joseph going out early um or or being called out before the game is is inactive was a big concern particularly against 
Tyreek Hill and and uh, Travis Kelsey and you know the all you know the, the sort of high power Legion of Zoom. Cole Hardman is coming as a rookie and he's been a great player. You know, um, and it was just it was great to see guys like Lonnie Johnson made some great plays. He got away with a few potentially on another set of officiating crews would have flagged him, but he had one great pass attempt. I think the the big negative I think was was obviously um, Bradley Roby going out because I thought that was his best game of the season. He was aggressive at the point of the attack, st- stretching out, breaking up passes and you know we really got to them. I think Jacob Martin deserves a shout out as well because he was absolutely chasing down Mahomes which led to an incompletion right towards the end and for for whatever reason, with Keon Crossan and Lonnie and and you know Philip Gaines was definitely not our first choice three corners, um, but they held them to absolutely you know next to nothing in the second half and you know less than fifty yards in total and uh, it was a great performance and a muchly needed and much timely performance by a, a set of DBs where we got you know we got a bit of pressure throughout the day and the the. The, the missing left tackle and Cam Irvin filling in for Eric Fisher wasn't an unable deputy and uh, Merciless had a bit of a quieter day but managed to disrupt the pocket enough and uh, and the uh, and, and, and the and the coverage ability of this defense which has been its biggest problem actually was you know was was above average and we were able to, to really hold them so it was a good you know it was a big positive on both sides of the ball with this team and uh, it, it was great, really, I think, to see. And um, it's just as, as, as time goes on, we just need to clear up penalties. If we clear up some of those drops, you know, we could have put up 50 points comfortably. And um, just the way we kneeled out at the end and, and finished that game so confidently and defiantly on the road in that environment, which was really loud, was great to see. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, and I think we should, we should all believe in this team now because there's just a sense of maturity and a sense of things coming together nicely. You know, some by accident, some by design. Um, but when things tend to fall for you in this league and you get momentum in this league, it's 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 uh, it can it can come together in a hurry. But anyway, overall, you walk out of you walk out of of that of that building with that victory in that manner is has got to give us all reasons to believe. And 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 you know, well, I think what we've got to see with, with Watson is, you know, he was, you know, I, I know Mahomes had an injury and he was he's, he wasn't at his full his full pelt. But look, I think you know, it's great to see Mahomes and Watson going at it because that's the future matchup of these league because they're two legitimate quarterbacks in this league. Um, there's a lot of other guys that have had hype that probably don't deserve it, but Watson. And Mahomes are real, and you you can really see that when you see them live. Um, but it was it was a great performance on the road to go there and uh, and show what this team's made of. And look, we've got holes and we've got flaws and we've got stuff to clean up. But this team's got a big big chance this season if we can maintain that those levels of performance. Anyway, let's take a look around at the news. A couple of Texans transactions signing uh, from the New England practice squad. Dan Kipper, six foot ten offensive tackle, provides some cover on the line uh, for the injured Titus Howard. Also, in a corresponding move, you'll remember from Hard Knocks in 2015, in the trade from Denver and the Bills of the stadium in New Orleans, where Rick Smith made the trade to bring in cover at left tackle. Chris Clark returns to this team. I always remember Chris from having a great performance against Khalil Mack in the. In uh, the playoff one, uh, one of the, the sort of peak of O'Brien's achievements to this day, but he shut down Khalil Mack that day, and I always liked Chris. 
he's a bit further on in his career, but shown he's he's played many games in this league. So we'll uh, we'll replace on the roster Central Henderson. He's been moved to the non-football injury list. O'Brien in his press conference today was not moved on the on the subject of why Central was off uh, off the team. Uh, but certainly it must be must be an injury uh, there. Also signing uh, Kyle Murphy as well, another tackle to the practice squad. Um, and Alex McGill makes way um, out of the team. Um, and obviously the, the uh, big news around the league this year, particularly on Monday Night Football, was the officiating crisis that continues to plague the league. You've seen it around many uh, many games at the weekend and potentially the only solution to get this right is uh, a sky judge, uh, which has been a solution forwarded by a multiple people um, in the media and potentially something that the league will look at for, for future seasons. But it continues to be uh, an issue where co- the coaches will challenge these pass interference calls and and uh, only one, I think, out of twenty-five has actually been um, has actually been overturned. So interesting, uh, interesting times for the league, and hopefully, you know, this doesn't affect big games like it did for New Orleans last year. The biggest news in the, in the division as well was the Jags have traded Jalen Ramsey uh, to the LA Rams um, for a twenty twenty first, a twenty twenty one first, and a twenty twenty one fourth. Um, so I think in terms of the the the, the uh, Kenny Stills and and Tunso trade looks you know a bit more value as the time goes. I mean Jalen Ramsey's been a thorn in the side of the Texans and hopefully that'll allow us to run our offense because he's you know done a great job in um, shutting down and battling Hopkins when we played them. So interesting one there. Now the Jags fourteenth uh, or twenty fourteen pick, twenty fifteen pick, and twenty sixteen pick in the first round are now all on the Rams and Dante Fowler, Blake Bortles. And now Jalen Ramsey as well. So a shipment of talent moved over, uh, bar the quarterback perhaps, um, over onto the Rams. But again, that weakens the team in the division. Is good news for the Texans. After being shut out at the weekend by the Denver Broncos, who would really struggle without a win until this point in the season, um, shut down Tennessee Titans. And Marcus Mariota, who's on $20.8 million of his part of his fifth-year option, has been benched for the former Texas A&M wide receiver, Ryan Tannehill, who's a free agent signing from Miami in the summer. So uh, he'll take it over. And uh, Mike Vrabel was quoted today to try and say to... Or the, the move was to try and give the offense a spark, which is certainly not had. So uh, don't play the the uh, Titans till later on this season. But certainly you hope with the way this season going by that they'll they'll mailed it in by that point for those two games um, as we come to the end of the season. Um, the Rams also traded Marcus Pierce, who's now on his third team after the uh, coming out of Washington. He's a bit of a troubled guy who's kicked off the team. Um, traded as part of the deal, cleaning up some over five million in. in uh, in salary cap space um, with a linebacker um, going the opposite way. The Cowboys lost again, so uh, um, um, the coach there could, continues to be um, under pressure and uh, and after the, the team are back to 500 after winning their first three. And just news just come in, uh, Texans legend Brock Osweiler has re- is decided to hang it up after having a career record of 500 of 15 and 15. Uh, we'll have many um, terrible games to remember Brock Osweiler I remember when we signed him and been relatively excited but look it's just not worked out for, for him in this league and that coming out of um, the Arizona Sun Devils he, he was he, uh, he had that good good start when he, he came into the team for Peyton Manning in the year the Denver Broncos won the Super Bowl never really did it in Houston um, him and Hopkins never really got on the same page and um, I mean they get the guy will certainly will, will live well um, and wish all the Brock all the best as he as he goes on to the uh, to the next stage of his life. So anyway, that's that's it all for this week in the news.
So at the weekend in Kansas City, we had the pleasure of being joined by a, a very ambitious uh, football fan. Uh, Jacob Barnard has attempted the world record uh, to visit as many NFL stadiums in as little days as possible to break the previous record. So he's joining us to give us a bit of an input and insight of what it was like to, to not only what his missions he's on, but to, to uh, talk us through his experience and he'll visit the Texans or see the Texans this season three times. Jacob, how you doing, mate? Yeah, really good, thank you. Thanks for having me on, mate. No, it's good. Uh, good to good to, to speak to you. We uh, we were going to try and record this in Kansas City, but we uh, after my uh, extended illness, we had a bit of a tight drinking schedule, so we've had to, uh, <laughs> had, to do, we've had to do this uh, transatlantic. But um, for those that don't know, Jacob, you tell you can tell everybody about the the mission and the record attempt that you're on. Yeah, so I'm uh, trying to break the world record. It's the quickest time to go watch a game at every NFL stadium. So the current record is 86 days in about 10 hours. I'm going to do it in 84 days. So I started on opening night in Chicago, and I'll be finishing in Atlanta on Thanksgiving. I'm currently at the halfway point exactly, actually. That Chiefs game we did at the weekend, that was the halfway point. And yeah, in Denver at the moment, looking forward to, to Thursday night football. So and uh, halfway through, um, a visited denver a couple of years ago uh have you noticed the um the altitude and the, the when you're walking around do you know what it's not hit me yet but i've not done lots of walking so i think it might maybe it'll hit me today i was wondering maybe if i'm well, i've got i've got asthma so maybe i'm just used to not being able to breathe <laughs> yeah no i think i will certainly when we were on bikes trying to cycle around i noticed yeah, uh, just i've not done something. that yet yeah, yeah i'm gonna go for a wander today so i'll, I'll let you know if there's any hills if it hits me <laughs> No, excellent. Um, no, I think you'll you'll enjoy Denver. It's a cracking place, and obviously you get to see the uh, obviously a team that's probably kind of got a good result last week, and then obviously the the um, the, the Chiefs coming off a two game a two game spin, so it'll be a, a good one to go. So, of your experiences so far, Texans aside, we'll come on to that. What's been the highlights of doing this trip so far? I really liked uh, D- Detroit. was just a great game day experience. I, I, I remember I, I spoke to you at the weekend saying kind of like New Orleans and Seattle are great stadiums. They're really, really loud and places you definitely have to go. But there's not really the same kind of tailgating scene that there are at some of the other stadiums. So Detroit and also Arrowhead, as we'll come on to, they were ones where they were probably, you know, maybe just as loud as Seattle or New Orleans. But because they have that full tailgate experience and... As well, it's everyone's experience is different, but you know the people I met at both of those, I had such a fun time that when I'm looking back and going, you know, what were my favourite days? You know, Detroit and KC are probably the the two for me. Yeah, and in terms of the um, in terms of the the New Orleans game, then week one uh, it was a bit of a heart heartbreaker for the Texans, but. In terms of the experience and watching sort of two kind of top end quarterbacks go at it, what was it like? Oh yeah, that was that was incredible. As a neutral, I you know you can't really ask for a better game than than, than what we had in Week One Monday night. Both uh, both offenses in the especially in the fourth quarter, you know the lead changes was incredible. That final two minutes where you had you know the the Saints ahead and it looked like it was maybe over, and then Stills catches that touchdown for the Texans, and then. They missed the extra point, but then there's the rough in the kicker and then they make it. And then the field goal, obviously, to, to win it for, for the Saints. That was just as a, a two minutes in terms of game time. 
that's that was probably the most exciting there's, there's been on the on this trip. Maybe you know, even this entire season. I mean, that that kind of final two minutes will be hard to beat for any other game. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like as you said, Arrowhead as well. For me, that was one of my top two or three experiences of watching this team. As you said, Seattle. It was that was unbelievable atmosphere. I thought what was great when we got into the ground that you had to actually physically go down a level to because the stadium's dug down deep into the into the yes. trenches and the atmosphere really really showed that and it was it was great once and what did you think of the Chiefs? I thought the song and the and the uh and the national anthem and everything like that. It's a lot of tradition and you could really feel it. I thought it was a great like traditional original franchise experience. Yeah, it's definitely got that kind of old school kind of stadium feeling and it does feel like, you know, even though there was a lot, you know, a fair few Texans fans there. You looked around, and it was it was a, it was a real like sea of red. Uh, the Texans fans, I think, must have been kind of dotted around because we saw quite a few of them in the city, but at the stadium, it just looked red. And you know, the song and everything they do, it just uh, kind of it was like they they bleed that that team. So that was a really it was a really really fun one to do. So it's a great stadium, and we were blessed with a great game as well, right? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was. I mean, like, I, we've just done a bit on the, the pod there, just going through it and don't want to do too much repetition. But yeah, it was a, it was a great game. I think it was a great experience. I think I, it was a bit like going to the football in the UK because everybody stood. Um, it was a yeah. good atmosphere. People, you know, it was, it was, you were going back and forth with the, with the fans. I mean, it was, it was, it was well mannered, but it was, it was really good. And it, it kind of, for me, it just it was it was one of these performances that that we too can take that result after the terrible start we had, coughing up the ball uh, and putting ourselves in a hole that we were you know we were to come out and pull the victory out. And it should have been more really when you look when I watched the tape back, which we had a lot of drops that should have put us further yeah. up. And um, but no, it was a good 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 end to end game. I think Mahomes will come back stronger when he's fully healthy, and it'll be a good team. I think they just did Achilles heels on him on. On uh, it's really just on the defensive side, particularly the run stopping. But for your experience, then as a Texas road game, you got to meet a, a good bunch of guys, a, a couple of them that I've known for about five or six years now. What was the the total end to end watching the Astros Texas road experience like? Yeah, it was it was great. You know, like you like I said before, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of Houston fans in in the city where we watched the Astros game. But the thing that stood out to me. That stands out to me, you know, almost everywhere I go here is just how friendly everybody is, how welcoming everybody is. They're so, you know, when they especially, I mean, even before they heard what I was doing, they were happy to kind of welcome you in and have a drink with you and just talk. And then, you know, I tell them what they're doing and people people are always kind of, you know, excited by that. But yeah, as, as, a, as a group of kind of traveling fans, I think uh, they do, you know, they do, they represent the Texans very, very well. And they, uh, well, they uh, kind of uh, got got the result as you know they probably deserved from the support they were showing. Yeah, and um, I asked you when we were walking outside of the stadium. Obviously, it was a bit of a, a, a sort of vitriolic experience, I think, to to watch your team go and on the road and beat what was one of, at the start of the season was a Super Bowl favourite against last year's MVP. And obviously, uh, you know, all us guys are a bit biased because you see it through red, white, and blue tinted spectacles but I, I asked you Jacob at the end of the game do you think this team's got a chance and and after reflecting on all you know of the the way that we play on offense what do you think this 2019 season where's the where's the floor and where's the ceiling 
I think he's definitely got a chance. I think right now, you know, after these past two weeks of, of how the Chiefs have played, I think that AFC is, is wide open. You know, the Patriots are, are obviously up there, but on offense, they've, you know, they've, they've got issues on offense and there's some flaws on that team. And, you know, there was flaws last season and they still managed to win it, but I think it's wide open. I think Texans are now sat in the number two seed in the AFC. So I think... The division is really kind of theirs to lose. I, I would not write off the Colts at all. You know, I think their their team is definitely one that can can win this division. But I think the Texans are in the driving seat, and it is theirs to lose. And then, you know, if they can get that that first round by, maybe if the Chiefs, you know, continue to have these issues running the ball. You know, they're favourites against the Broncos, but I mean, if there's a team you don't want to be facing when you can't stop the run, it's probably Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. So I think if they can keep going on, there's, they've definitely got every chance to go far into the playoffs. So the floor for me would be making the playoffs and the ceiling is certainly, you know, being in the Super Bowl and depending on who you face, it all probably comes down to who you face. I think you'd struggle against maybe a team like New Orleans, but... You know, everyone else, you know, but at the end of the day, if you're in the Super Bowl, anything can happen. We've seen that many, many times. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's the the, the ability to get the round by and get the home games in the playoffs. Are best. Yeah. I mean, but being said that, actually, our best performances this year have been on the road. So um, I think for us, yeah, I mean, it's great to hear that because I, I tweeted out after the game. This is the first time. I kind of saw it in the New Orleans game, but like week one, you just never know really where it's going to go, and you get a lot of kind of you know false spikes in production and 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 performance just because you know the preseason is non non-existent now, so the first couple of weeks can swing wildly. But yeah, it's the first time I felt that we could handle uh, most teams with the offensive power. I think it just depends, and we had a good defensive performance second half of the weekend, whether we can hold up and and maintain that is 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 the key. I think, and it's, it's yeah, quite... it's consistency. It's all about consistency because yeah. you know you go and play the way you did against the Saints and the Chiefs, and you think right, you can you can hang with those two teams, and you can beat anybody. But then you know a few weeks after that, you then have. Not so good of a performance against was it was it Carolina? Yeah, they yeah, lost yeah, to? yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So you you look at that and you go right. There needs to be there needs to be you just got to play more consistent because if you can one week you can be you know playing really well against the good teams and then doing not so good against the the bad teams you know so it's all about keeping consistency. But if you can start to kind of get a level of consistency, which should come throughout the season, you know. You train it, bringing in players like Tunsil. The offensive line is a is a position where consistency is key for them. You know, playing as a unit, so it's hard to come in and just play straight away. So hopefully, as the season goes on, that's something that will develop. Yeah, well, you, I think we saw it at the weekend just what how improved that unit's been, and now you hear yes. like the you hear the conversation around the league of other teams, you know, like the Browns and the Rams that are actually struggling at that position big time. Um, and it's affecting their, their performance versus, you know, the previous years. So, you know, it, a lot changes quickly in the league. But it's good, that, I mean, to be in this position as a Texans fan this year, I probably didn't see it coming, if I'm honest. So we'll, we'll tread carefully, I think, and not make any too many bold uh, bold predictions. But it's been great. And you've got one more game, mate. You're at... Uh, You'll be at the Hallow Turf NRG in Houston, Texas, a couple of weeks' time. Well, a few weeks' time now, but uh, Thursday night football against the Colts. And uh, I think a couple of the boys uh, are going to set you up. Make sure you do the 
the tailgate because of all the tailgates I've been to, I don't think anything comes close to the one in Houston. Um, so I think you're 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 set up for a a good uh, a good Thursday evening, and it's going to be your birthday that week as well. You said, didn't you? Yeah, the game is the day before my birthday, so if we're out late enough, it'll be on my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. I, I, it's always fun to uh, to tailgate, especially with now people I kind of know. So. I know that'll be a lot of a lot of fun, and that's gonna be a that you know that could be a division deciding game. That so, that's that's gonna be a really good one back end of the season. You know, if it's week twelve, I think. So you know, you're getting into the business end, and it's gonna be interesting. I think it's the Colts is this weekend as well, right? The that's one in it. Indy. <clears throat> that's yeah, right. So yeah. we'll get a little insight, maybe a little preview this weekend as to how you know where do these two teams kind of stack up against each other. Yeah, I think so, mate. I think what you're hopefully... I've never been to a, a Thursday night game. I've never done uh, Sunday um, Sundays uh, before it in, in Houston. But um, I think what you'll find is that the people there are just like anywhere you go, but they're, you know, well in, they go well beyond the Call of Duty to make you feel welcome, particularly if you've got a kind of insight into or a, a kind of intro with people. To take you around some of the tailgates, these guys will show you a good time and uh, hopefully it'll be up there with your experiences because it's definitely, for me, it's been a big part in me supporting this team is the people you meet and you saw a bit of that. So hopefully they can, uh, they can I'm sure they'll extend extend that uh, famous Southern hospitality to you to, uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm sure they will do. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, that's the thing. If, I suppose I'll have, uh, by that point, I'll have lots of tailgates to compare it to. So... We'll, uh, we'll get a real feel of, of how it stacks up, but I expect it to be very good. Uh, yeah, having, having met the guys, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, you'll have a good one. Um, so, I would say, Jacob, thanks very much. It was a great experience. Some good barbecue with some good beers. I'd, I'd recommend Kansas City to anybody if they're thinking about going to watch their team play. It's, it was a, a top, top-notch experience. So, uh, thanks for joining us. It was, uh, it, was, it was really good. So, all the best, mate, for your... Um, your trip coming up, and uh, I'm sure you'll do fine. Hopefully, you get you, you've you said you were pretty fl- relatively touchwood flawless on your travel plans um, up to date, so it's all kind of gone smoothly for you. So, hope you can get all those papers signed and and, and get yourself in that Guinness Book of Records. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, and uh, thank you for having me on today and inviting me along at the weekend. I had, I had a great time, so it's really appreciated. No, top man. Okay, that's Jacob Barner as attempting the world record attempt for the every single one of the 31 NFL stadiums in record time. Jacob, top man, uh, we'll, we'll definitely speak to you again soon. Thanks, mate. Anytime. This weekend sees the return of divisional football for the Texans as they take the trip up to Indy to take on... The 3-0 against the Texans, Jacoby Brissett. The big task for this Texans unit in the defensive line is going to be to stop the run and Marlon Mack. Where the, the playoff game and with the revenge that these that, that unit's going to want for the, the playoff loss to, to to Indy was because Marlon Mack had a day and, and, and ran and they ran the ball down his down our throat and it, the, the strength of the Indy, Indy unit is without doubt their offensive line. Big Q, Quinn and Nelson is an absolute beast. you got Anthony Costanzo, Braden Smith's coming at right tackle. 
and uh, and Kelly is the centre. It's a, you know the strength and the heart of that team, and they give Brissett time. So we've got to we've got to you know stop the run and have some fun, as they say. And, and Rack's got to get some create creative blitzes and packages in there to try and um, not only stop the, the the passing attack. And we cannot under any circumstance if the only thing that comes out of this game is that T Y Hilton doesn't run all over us again because we've had that happen to us too many times now, and we've never learnt our lesson. So we have to be able to stop the run. And just give them the underneath stuff because we cannot get beat long because we've had some absolute you know game breaking passes uh, in the past and you know as we said even when when uh, when Luck's not been there Jacoby's you know two games against the Texans he's won both so um, it's going to be a big test but you know, look this 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 um, this this offensive unit led by you you know a potential MVP candidate and Watts is going to repeat. You know the 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 overtime performance in the, the game one against them last year, Kiki and Hopkins were matchup nightmares for their secondary, um, and they they did a good job in the playoff game of blending the coverages with uh, with zone and man across across the field. And Watson's got to be able to show that maturity and that that uh, that growth in his game in this game to try and make sure that you know he recognizes that and he, you know take what he gives them and uh, the order take what the defense continues to give them. And you know these four, five, six yard passes they all they all build. And the more time you've got the ball, the less time you know Brissett and that that offense, which they're still trying to build some chemistry with a loss of luck at the start of the season, can can um, can get some momentum momentum in this game. So it's going to be one of the trenches, that's for sure. We're gonna to have to, you know, buckle up the chin strap and get on the pads and and, and uh, man on man and, and who wants it the most and it's gonna be a, a it's got a real physical battle I think for the Texans so um, it's well within that this offense capability outscore anybody so we've got to get the momentum going in this game because before we take on the Raiders at home and then the trip to London so the divisional games are always tight there's a familiarity there with it between the teams we're going up a good coach. And Frank Reich and a good, well-built roster by Chris Ballard. So, but Bill O'Brien's divisional record's been strong, uh, and I'll take the Texans by six. And that's all we've got time for on this week's edition of the Turn Up for What podcast. I've been your host, Ewan Disonqua. Thanks for all the travelling Texans and all the people we met at the weekend there and made a really special road trip. I'd encourage anybody, if you're ever thinking about it, to go to a Texas road game, do it. You'll have a great time and you'll meet some great people. And uh, thanks to Jacob, who experienced it firsthand, for joining us and all the best that lad on his trip. So, so please share and download the podcast and share with all your Texans friends, wherever you get it from. Let's sign off. And we are Texans. (laughs) 